Brady Saar, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services, Erskine. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Farm News on this Friday, December the 16th. I'm Randy Conan along with Sierra Doctor. We'll also hear a report from Whitney Pittman as well. Winter storm continues with blowing and drifting snow and falling temperatures. Grand Forks based National Weather Service meteorologist Amanda Lee says conditions will not improve very fast. Things are slowly, slowly going to be uh, winding down here, but today's still pretty tough out there. Uh, like you said, the winds have ramped up a little bit today, causing some additional blowing snow issues, and there is a little bit of falling snow out there still. I'm not looking at too much for new accumulation, maybe an inch or two um, across the area, but that wind is you know, still causing some visibility issues, and the roads are still pretty treacherous out there. And Lisa's temperatures and winds will make it tough on livestock. Yep, it's still still not going to be nice, um, and we're going to see temperatures dropping as we go throughout the weekend here. So we're looking at highs tomorrow, um, probably in the teens for some of the area, even in the single digits um, out near the Devil's Lake Basin. And that will just continue falling through the weekend until next week when we really start dropping and we get below zero for some high temperatures. A good mix of rain and sunshine will continue across much of Brazil over the next two weeks. World Weather Incorporated says rainfall totals of one to two inches will be common over most of Brazil. Argentina crops will continue to struggle with limited rain and ongoing drought conditions. World Weather says rains that do fall will not be enough to improve crop and soil condition. Argentina's temperatures are expected to be in the low to mid-90s. Brazil continues to have favorable growing conditions while Argentina's crop continues to struggle. Midwest Market Solutions President Brian Hoop says hot, dry conditions in Argentina are just one feature of this market. You know, and we kind of have this window of demand where we're seeing some buying interest as well. But boy, it's, uh, it's just lethargic as far as volume. And really the main feature has been spread trade um, between the meal and the oil share and between Chicago and Kansas City wheat. So uh, you know, that your biggest volumes are, are in the spread trades rather than the outright markets. And Hoop says rain in Argentina's forecast always seems to be about 10 days away. It's always 10 days out, and, and then when it falls, it's not, you know, really heavy, uh, beneficial rain that's really like a, a drought buster. And so it, it's, it supports the market, you know, the market is supported off of that news just because of what's happened in the past that, the rains haven't really materialized like a lot of people uh, had hoped they would, or at least the forecast would. So, you know, the drought's been ongoing for quite some time, and it actually looks to continue. Agrisambo North America market analyst Sterling Smith is watching Brazil's production with the expectation of a very large crop. We're starting to run out of time to have a bad crop problem with soybeans in Brazil. If conditions for, let's say, the next three to four weeks continue, in the manner that they have, we're going to be looking at materially higher production, and that may be something that the soybean market's going to have to start to come to grips with. On the other hand, the situation in Argentina remains problematic also in Paraguay. We're seeing plenty of dryness there, and that will be a little bit more supportive to corn near term. Smith recommends keeping an eye on the outside markets. Crude oil's little rally that uh, started on Monday after we tested the $70 level has reversed, and we're now at $73.74. We're down a couple of dollars there, which is a good thing. And uh, noticing gasoline prices drifting back 
heading towards the uh, $2 level, so that midweek rally is fading. That's the good news. The bad news is the stock market is not behaving very well today. Um, we're doing a lot of technical damage. By a vote of 71 to 19, the Senate passed an amendment to add one week to the continuing resolution yesterday. The continuing resolution passed Congress at the end of September and was set to expire. But lawmakers pressed to extend Congress's deadline to pass the 2023 omnibus spending package. National Association of Wheat Growers Vice President of Policy and Communications Jake Westland expects President Biden to sign it into law later today. So we're looking to see President Biden hopefully sign that into law later today. We, we saw it move through the House earlier this week and it's been making its way through the Senate. And that's really to provide uh, a one-week continued resolution to allow the House and leaders in the House and Senate to finalize an agreement that was reached in principle earlier this week. And right now we're currently on that continuing resolution that was signed into law at the end of September uh, that maintains largely level funding from, from the previous fiscal year. And Westland says the omnibus package details still in the works. You, you might have seen earlier in the week, three of the four leaders in the House and Senate came to an agreement to fund the government through an omnibus spending package. The details of that have yet to be finalized, but some of the hangups. So the people who are uh, the three leaders that have come together in support of it, it's Leader Schumer, McConnell, and Speaker Pelosi. The Republican leadership is actively, my understanding is, looking at pushing back against it. The, their justification there is given uh, the electoral outcomes, they want to see a continuing resolution that pushes federal funding into to the new year when Republicans will uh, be sworn in into the majority. They would like to see major spending decisions for the rest of FY23, they would like to be more active in that agreement. North American Potato Market News says pre-Christmas table potato movement is the slowest in modern history. Table potato shipments for the week ending December 10th were down 16% to 1.5 million hundredweight. Russet shipments fell 18%. Yellow potato movement was down 3%. Red potato shipments were down 12% and white potato shipments were down 66%. According to the Association of Equipment Manufacturers monthly flash report, sales of all tractors during November was down 21% from the same month a year ago. Combine sales in November totaled 314, which is up 8% from last year. Year-to-date sales of combines in 2022 totaled 6,535. That is a notable increase of 16% from 2021. Get the latest news and weather updates anytime by listening to the Red River Farm Network podcast. You can listen at rrfn.com and most anywhere you get your podcasts. Reporting agriculture's business, this is the Red River Farm Network. Friday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. South Dakota Farmers Union is wrapping up their annual convention today in Huron, South Dakota. NDSFU President Doug Sompre says, excuse me, SDFU President Doug Sompre says, neither wind nor snow nor blizzard stopped them from hosting it. Well, we kind of had to make an adjustment in the agenda simply because of the weather and and lack of being able to get uh, speakers and, and uh, members to the convention. So it's been... It's been an interesting time, let me tell you. Uh, one thing about it, I get to visit with everybody here because we got, we got just enough to make a quorum. So, um, but uh, you know, proud of the ones that did make it, and uh, hopefully the ones that 
can't make it are you know doing okay at home keeping the livestock uh, fed and rounded up and you know, hope everything goes well for them. Somkey says a few director positions are up for election and they have just enough members for a quorum for a vote. District 1, 3, 5, and 7 have their uh, uh, directors uh, up and uh, the District 1 would be uh, Larry Bergen. He's the one that's the newly elected into that position. He served in that role um, back uh, several years ago. Um, but uh, he stepped down because he was uh, he was uh, uh, appointed to the state FSA board in the Obama administration, so he couldn't serve on the state board. So he he left at that time. He's back again. Otherwise, uh, District Three is a Gail Temple, and District Five is Dallas Basil, and District Seven is Chad Johnson. Knowing your consumers is important. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman talks sugar demand and 2023 outlook with the American Sugar Alliance. Tis the season for sugar, with holiday treats being a staple of almost any gathering this time of year. American Sugar Alliance chairman Ryan Weston says most Americans appreciate domestically produced sugar. We did a study in 2020, a survey, and it showed that Americans really appreciate U.S. sugar policy. They like sugar to be produced domestically, and they like to know that we have this good geographical dispersion. And they really love that sugar prices are very consistent. Sugar prices right now are about the same as they were 10 years ago. And it sounds ironic, but one candy bar only has about two cents of sugar in it. So you can buy two pounds of sugar for the same price as one candy bar. Weston also says that looking at higher input costs and increasing interest rates, the ASA will be keeping a close eye on the upcoming farm bill. Sugar policy has been no cost to the federal taxpayer for 17 of the last 18 years. We're concerned that input costs are rising. We, like all other crops, will work with Congress to review our farm bill policies working for everyone. We hope that they are, but we can't control if input prices stay high or if market prices drop. We will work with all of the other coalitions in Washington, D.C., all the ag groups. These are things that in agriculture you learn, you work together to get things done, and we expect that will happen with the next farm bill. We hope it can get done in 2023. It may have to go to 2024, but we will work on the things we can work on to educate new members of Congress. Reporting for the Red River Farm Network, I'm Whitney Pittman. Bell Bank Senior Vice President of Agribusiness Development, Lynn Paulson, says despite a few challenging years in agriculture, he's optimistic about the farm economy. Yeah, you know, I've been doing this for uh, coming up on, on four decades, being in the, the farm finance business, whatever. And, and I got to tell you that uh, generally this is the healthiest I've ever seen the egg sector financially. I mean, people, both agribusinesses, farm producers, whatever, um, are doing extremely well. Now, no doubt there are outliers or there are situations where things haven't gone well for, for various reasons. But, but on the whole, um, you know, I think we're going to look back and say these are the good old days right now. Paulson says the economic outlook for 2023 is favorable. Number one, I think producers are going to be going into 2023 in great financial shape. Most operations got quite a bit of working capital, you know, so they've they've got some shock absorbers to manage some downside. But I, I still think there's opportunities for producers to to lock in part of their 23 crop at a profit, even with some of the input expense uncertainties. You know, we still have Mother Nature to contend with, but overall, I, I think we're going into 23. I think the outlook is fairly decent. In lending, we always say problem loans start at the top of the cycle. So 
I think people just need to be understanding to manage the downside risk. What happens if, you know, there's a pretty significant reset in commodity prices and input expenses don't change? Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Let's catch up with Ag Week reporter Ann Bailey. And what do you have for us on the cover of Ag Week? This week's cover is on Gilby, North Dakota, which has a population of about 240 people, but a lot of volunteers are revitalizing the town and making it attractive for young people to move there and making the people who are longtime residents feel like they are part of a community again. They have refurbished a grocery store into a community center, fixed up the playground, remodeled the hockey rink, and they hold most times weekly and sometimes twice a week events at the community center and have a coffee shop, which is open on Saturday mornings usually with volunteer baristas. Everything they make that goes above their operating expenses goes back into the community for more improvements. So people have been extremely supportive. It kind of started with a mother and daughter, Jolyn Dixon and Kayla Elke, who are on the city council. They wanted to raise money for the playground, so they started fundraising, and they accomplished that, and then it started snowballing. The Presbyterian Church pastor also was instrumental in getting the fundraising for the community center going in the beginning. He is busy with pastoral duties now, so he isn't able to volunteer as much, but he supports the events. Nice to see uh, a town being revitalized from the inside out, basically. Yes, and they are getting the attention of other small towns, people asking them how they did it and asking for advice, and they believe that the Main Street Initiative was a help. They gave them resources, and they also won a Main Street Award this past fall. Well, sounds interesting. Looking forward to reading about it next week's Ag Week. Let's check markets before we leave you this noon hour. We're down nine in Minneapolis wheat. Chicago's down four. Kansas City down 16. Corn right now trading unchanged to a penny and a half lower. Soybeans trading seven to eight cents higher. The uh, canola in Winnipeg down $7 a metric ton. Uh, December cattle, 90 cents higher. February live cattle up 82. January feeders, 82 higher. And April, uh, March live uh, feeder cattle, rather, 17 higher. The lean hogs are up 3 to $4. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.